Welcome to the show, Ruthann. Thank you. <laughs> You're so welcome. <laughs> Listen, real quick, uh, today on Toxedia, we've got the Farmer's Almanac Winter Weather Prediction. Stick around to see if 2022 into 2023 is going to be a good winter for truckers or not. We also have a horrible accident, and I want to talk about it because something recently almost happened to you and I, mm-hmm. where two truck drivers uh, had a head-on collision uh, from a one a wrong-way trucker, which is horrible. It's actually, believe it or not, a big thing in the country, and we'll talk about that. And then also, I've got a trucker survey on how truck drivers feel appreciation or not since the pandemic, and a couple other questions they were asked, all on today's Toxedio. Sounds like a great show. Awesome. So uh, how about a couple sponsors real quick? National Carriers. Again, they are a company out of Dallas, Texas. They pull reefers, 100% no touch. They're looking for students. They're looking for trainers. They're looking for solos and lease drivers. 888-311-7076. Give them a call today. Tell them Talk CDL sent you. 888-311-7076. We also have Carter Lumber, Ruthann. Mm-hmm. Carter Lumber is looking for Class A and Class B drivers. And they are all local, and they are located almost everywhere east of the Mississippi. They have over 160 locations. Their address is www.carterlumber.com forward slash talk CDL. That's carterlumber.com forward slash talk CDL. Camion's uh, break-even calculator also, which is uh, brought to you by LoadSmart. Camion, that's K-A-M-I-O-N as in Nancy, dot I-O, forward slash talk CDL. Go check that out. It's a free download, and they will help you utilize every part of your business to cut down the cost in your trucking business. That's K-A-M-I-O-N dot I-O, forward slash talk CDL. And last but not least, DriveWise. And that's spelled D-R-I-V-E. W-Y-Z-E, and they are a great company. It's app-based. All you got to do is go in, download the app, and you can start bypassing scales today. If you're a small trucking company and you don't want to order the other guys and get the transponders and all the machines that you got to do with it, um, I hear they have a better deal at DriveWise. That's D-R-I-V-E-W-Y-Z-E dot com. On to the show, Ruthann. Okay, Howard. Oh, Howard. <laughs> Howard. W-Y-Z. Did I do that? (laughs) You did. W-Y. Okay. Anyways, so um, let's start off with the Farmer's Almanac. It's it's, it's interesting, you know, and I was kind of just looking through things the other day, and I came across this, and I thought this would be really super freaking cool for drivers to... um, you know, here, mm-hmm. as far as, you know, what... Now, remember one thing. First off, the Farmer's Almanac. I mean, there most places... Remember when we were younger, like the weatherman? How often was the weatherman right? It, it, it's, it's, they, they were never right. I just know they're not ever right now. Back then, I don't remember. I didn't watch the news when I was little. And now we moved to Florida... 20 some years ago. And we noticed in Florida, the weatherman's never right here either. Nope. I mean, the only time the weatherman's right is when there's a big system. And I mean, like, for example, if there's this giant system in the Gulf where like the whole state's going to be getting rain, they're pretty good at saying, hey, you're going to get rain. You're going to get rain. (laughs) Okay. But like, and Florida's really credit to them. The the weather in Florida is tough because the storms just form right out here, mm-hmm. and they come in, and so they predict you know 
storms here, storms there. And sometimes they're right, sometimes they're not. But for the most part, they're not. So this Farmer's Almanac... Well, it's an, it's, go ahead. Florida does have really, really ridiculous weather where it will be sunny and all of a sudden it rain. I mean, we, we, we yeah. have to at least say that. It's not... You know, I'm not going to say that the, the weather guys are really totally incompetent, but... Well, they are. We, but, we get some really yeah. ridiculous kind of weather where just all of a sudden it just like... Yeah, Florida's crazy. Yeah, they're bipolar. Yeah. So what I was going to say, the Farmer's Almanac, when I was younger, it wasn't really any different than the groundhog predicting your weather. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, you, But the one thing, though, they have gotten better at, and, and, and truck drivers know this, like when they know it's an El Nino year, and there's another one, an El something year, um, they know that Camino. El Nino and Camino. El Nino. Yeah, I think you're right. Nino and Nino. I said Camino. Oh, no, I think it's Nino and Nino or something. <laughs> I, either way, they, they've gotten better at it. And one thing that I've noticed, like, like you look at like some of the years, like when the, when the winters are really bad up, say, in the Northeast for mm-hmm. truckers, mm-hmm. you can almost predict, and I think it's because of the trough. You know what I mean? Like the, the jet stream and the trough, it kind of stays in a pattern. It doesn't like, it's not just scrambled. And I think they've learned that a lot where, I mean, I remember one winter, I was like, man, them poor drivers. It was like every week at the at the end of every week, it was like they counted like 19 storms, just constantly nor'easters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where the winter would just blow in and, and these guys were just getting pelted with ice and snow. Um, and I think that's where they've gotten more accurate on their prediction for, you know, the upcoming year. Um, I will say though, like this past year, they predicted... Um, a lot of hurricanes, and we haven't had one yet. Not that we can't get any. We still have a couple months of hurricane season. But onward to the Farmer's Almanac winter storm warnings. Lay it on us. Okay. It says, let me, let me just start out with this. If I can. Okay. It says the uh, winter is coming. The first day of winter is the shortest day of the year, which everybody knows that. I think that's called the vernal equinox. Um it officially arrives, do you know the date? No. December 21st. Huh? And I know that because the longest day of the year is January or June 21st um, is, is the longest day where, you know, the sun goes down the latest and all that stuff. So six months later is the shortest day of the year. Hmm. Okay. And it says uh, December 21st, but that doesn't always mean that the cold temperatures and snowstorms will um, wait until then. So what's in store? Here's the Almanac's extended winter weather forecast for winter of 22 through 23 in the U.S. of A. It says, um, got flannel, hot chocolate, snowshoes. Mm. It's time to stock up. According to our extended forecast, this winter season will have plenty of snow, rain, and mush, um, as well as some record-breaking cold temperatures. We are warning readers to get ready to shake, shiver, and shovel. Okay, so this is for like the whole U.S., right? Not just like the northern U.S. Well, they're gonna they're gonna break it down in the regions. It's gonna. I've got like the different northeast, southeast, all that stuff. I got all that here. But they're saying, you know, it's going to be it's going to be tough in some areas. In some areas, it's not. Okay. Okay. All right. <clears throat> excuse me. It says the the first bite of winter should come earlier than last year's 
Uh, December 22 looks stormy and cold nationwide with an active storm pattern developing and hanging around for most of the season over the eastern half of the country. So, and you think about that for a second. It was just exactly what I was just talking about. You get into these troughs mm-hmm. where the weather, it seems like, okay, every week it's hitting this area. You know, like one year I remember it was all right up, right up from like, say, Oklahoma all the way up to Minnesota. It was pounding them. And then one year it's over in the Northeast. And then there's another year where the frigid, frigid colds up in like the Dakotas, like it's 500 million below zero, you know? Um, and, and that's the patterns. So this year's pattern says... Um, what we hear more often than not is how much snow will you get? How much are we going to get, Farmer's Almanac? It says, when will the winter storm warning start? And when will it end? Well, according to our extended forecast, there should be quite a few significant winter weather disturbances nationwide in 22 and 23. A few of these dates include... The first week of January in the Rockies and across the plains during this time, we, we, we see good potential for heavy snow that may reach as far south as Texas and Oklahoma, followed by a sweep of bitterly cold air. Um, The second one is January 16th through the 23rd. We'll raise another red flag for bouts of heavy rain and snow across the eastern two thirds of the country. You hear that? The eastern two, uh, well, I'll read that again. It says the, the second week of January, they're predicting a well raise. They'll raise another red flag for bouts of heavy rain and snow across the eastern two thirds of the country, followed by what might be one of the coldest outbreaks of Arctic air we have seen in several years. How cold? Try 40 degrees below zero. This is what they're predicting. Now, come the middle of January, two-thirds of the eastern half, okay? That's what he said, right? He said two-thirds of, oh, I'm sorry, two-thirds of the country. So basically, the West Coast isn't supposed to experience this, but probably from like Colorado all the way to Maine, they're expecting record cold temperatures come January. That's some that's some crappy weather. That's some crappy news. Yeah. You, you hear how he ended? He said, try 40 below. That is cold. Well, I mean, up up in like, um, I mean, like Montana and Washington State, you know, the areas up there. Mm-hmm. And then even in the areas where there's some really good mountain ranges, I could definitely see that being part of the below sections of it. Yeah. Um, okay, so... 40, my gosh. Yeah, it kind of sucks just even hearing that. So it says, how much snow will you see this winter season? Um, 22-23 should be dominated by an active storm track in the eastern half of the country running from the western Gulf of Mexico, which is the Houston area. That's usually Mm -hmm. where those nor'easters start. Anyways, down in that area, in that valley, it says the uh, the western uh, Gulf of Mexico to the northeast across the uh, the Virginias and across the uh, interior of New York State and New England. So... They're, they're looking at, obviously, a lot of nor'easters coming this year, mm-hmm. pounding, just like what I was talking about a few few years ago. It says, areas south of the storm track, much of the southeast, our area, will see frequent storms bringing cold rains and wintry mix of wet snow, sleet, ice, 
freezing rain, as well as chilly temperatures. So, and you know what happens when those cold fronts start coming down. Florida, we've, we've experienced weather here in the teens mm-hmm. several times. Yeah, we've had a, to I think, cover our, our palm trees. Yeah, I think we've, we've, I've seen it where it was five degrees here once uh, in the 22 years we're here. Definitely frost times. You, you know what they do in the frost here in, in the winter when Florida gets frost in the blueberry and strawberry farms, they literally start spraying it with water. Yeah, they, they let it mist on the on the right. They let up a hard a hard protective shell. That's what see ice and frost are two different things. Frost will ruin something. That's why when you get something freezer burn, it's from frost. Mm-hmm. Okay, when you freeze something in water. Okay, I got a lot of I got a friend that when he hunts, he he packs. He'll put everything in containers and then he'll fill it with water and freeze it. Well, it'll stay like that for a couple of years in his freezer. The difference is. When you, when you put something in your freezer in a Ziploc bag, if there's a little bit of air in there, it's going to eventually get ruined. Well, so the farmers down here have learned that what they do is they have like these giant sprinkler systems. They'll spray their blueberries and their strawberries the night before, and it'll freeze over the berries, and it'll protect them from the frost. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So it says, the, I-94, the I-95 corridor can be included in the winter mix zone with places to the north of the track, seeing the precipitation fall more as snow and at times a lot of it. It says this may be especially true over the Ohio Valley and Great Lakes area. So so not just, you know, from the uh, Houston, Louisiana area going up on that angle, you know, to where it, it literally runs up into uh, Virginia and then swoops up through uh, Pennsylvania and the, and the, and the uh, New England states. But now it's also saying the Ohio Valley area. So that's going to be over there, clipping Indiana, Michigan, um, and the western part of Pennsylvania, all that. It's going to get pounded is what it's saying. Um it says snow lovers will be happy in the north central states as they will see a fair share of storminess during the winter season, which should mean plenty of snow for winter enthusiasts to enjoy, maybe even in time for a white Christmas. We've seen our share of those with him. Mm, it's been a long time. Yeah. Are you, do you want to go up for the winter? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> the south central states are forecast to see some accumulating snow, especially in January, the far west and Pacific Northwest, um, will see about normal winter precipitation. However, the southwest will experience less than normal. So they're going to be dry is what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um Now it says, how cold will it get? The big takeaway for our winter season forecast is that frigid temperatures should flow into many areas nationwide, especially in the north central region, where readers will certainly be shaking and shivering. I've got a map here, and it shows um, on the, uh, in fact, I should just go ahead and show it real quick. I'm going to just show everybody. The, the map obviously shows um, a, a normal precipitation in the northwest, mild and dry in the southwest, hibernation zone, glacial, snow-filled in the north-central, chillier than normal precipitation down in Texas, and then unreasonably cold and snowy. And it looks like from, really, Tennessee's included, 
So basically, the southern states like Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi, the tops of those states and up to the northeast is going to be unseasonably cold. Um, when you get up into New England and part of Pennsylvania, it says significant shivers, slushy, icy, snowy. And the southeast where we're at, shivery, wet, and slushy. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, now look, again, this could be just like the groundhog predicting it. You know what I mean? These, these are people predicting a pattern, but they have been doing pretty good as of late on the patterns, but they did suck at the hurricane season this year. Not that it can't still, we can't still get very active, but it has not gone to prediction so far. Well, doesn't the, did, did, did the farmers almanac predict the, the hurricane did you read that one or was it just the hurricane center no. that you are going by i mean they're all going by probably the same type of forecasting i mean i don't know me who knows uh it, it says one last thing it says hot chocolate warning in the east and south a cold december and a very cold january might make readers in the northeast shake and shiver but february will be milder bring milder temperatures that should make winter seem more bearable. So February, now they're they're predicting this crazy winter and they said it's going to start before, and they said it's going to start before December. So they're thinking like November is going to be crappy, December, January, but they said February, they're predicting February to war- be warmer than normal. It says the southeast will experience some shivers especially during the month of January. Fortunately for the snowbirds, February February will likewise warm the region to near normal winter season temperatures overall. So Florida might get back into the, you know, 70s and 80s by February. That's what it's saying. Extra flannels necessary in other states. Winter will feel unreasonably cold for readers in the Great Lakes region, especially in January. Farther south into southern into the southern plains, temperatures will average chillier than normal. The Pacific Northwest will see brisk, cool conditions, and the southwest will be in the mild area of the country with near normal winter temperatures. When will it warm up? It says, after a vernal equinox, uh, when we should be slipping into spring, except a lion, uh, expect a lion-like end of March. There should be a wide variety of weather conditions ranging from heavy snows to torrents, uh, uh, tor- torrential rains to gusty thunderstorms across much of the region. So what it's really saying here is the winter's going to be harsh. And then it looks like it's going to go out like a lion in March, which March, a lot of people think, and I used to be one of them, when March comes, you know, I'd be out there driving truck and you'd be like, all right, well, we're in March now. We're good. We're okay. But then, then all of a sudden you get these nasty, crazy storms. March can blow in the worst storms there is. So I would just tell every one of you drivers, uh, if you are um, a driver that goes all over the country. Start getting your warm clothes in the truck. Make sure you have warm gloves. Make sure you have warm boots. Make sure you have, I'm telling you, thermal underwear is the best, is, is your best friend. Wear a undercoating of, of um, underclothes. It, it is really, Ruth, and you know that's really good stuff, especially oh, yeah. if you break down. You got to, what happens when you get out? You got to go eat. You got to fuel up, all that crap. It's best to be warm. Well, you could also, I would suggest just to, to make things more comfortable when you're sleeping, 
get those like the the little hand and feet warmers that you can buy. I was going to say that. I would start just buying a pack, you know, not a pack, but like boxes of them here and there on Amazon and just start getting your boxes now so that by the time the weather starts setting in, you're one prepared, but also you're not worried because if it does get really bad, like they're projecting, then they can end up selling out really fast to certain things like that. And then you don't have them. So I would just suggest start getting some of that supplies now. And then of course, getting your emergency supplies, like, um, like one of those, those, blankets that are for like an emergency heating blanket, like not one that you plug, but the, for the body heat, just in case something happens to your truck and make sure that you have the, um, the truck ready to be serviced to put the additive in the fuel so that it don't get all jelly, you know, the different stuff like that, that you need, start getting prepared and at least making the appointments for your truck to get in and get serviced like that. You know, and what's funny is when you started talking about those hand warmers, I was just, I mean, I'm getting ready to order some for hunting, Mm -hmm. but if I was out there and not everybody has an APU, some of them have the bunk heaters, which are pretty good. But you know, when you're, when you're in like seriously freezing weather, I've been, I've been in Chicago in that Western star with the idle turned up heater in the bunk going heater in the front going. And I was shivering. I mean, you remember me telling you about that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was just, there's times where it's cold and the wind is blowing and you cannot get that truck warm. I mean, it's just nasty. So I'll tell you, if you went on Amazon and you ordered those little toe warmers, like Ruthann said, they have the ones that stick to your belly. If you stick one, literally, they're not, they're they're very cheap and they last like 11, 12 hours. Mm -hmm. So... I think some of them are even 24, but I usually get the 12-hour ones. And you, if you put one on the back of your neck and one on like underneath your shirt, uh, down towards your belly, or even up on your chest, you you don't even need blankets. I mean, it's, it, they'll keep you warm, buddy. I mean, really warm. They're nice to have. And guess what? If you ever find yourself broke down out in the middle of nowhere or whatever the case is in the winter, those little hand warmers, you put one in each boot, one in your gloves, one you know, on your belly, one on your back, of your neck. And if you have to walk, I promise you, you will be warm. Cause I've hunted, I've hunted in frigid weather with those things on. They're cheap to have. They last a long time. Just keep them in your utility box or whatever you, you know, organize with. Well, you don't know. You, you, for all you know, you can end up having a storm come in, you get stuck. I mean, what happened last year on, um, was it 95 coming out of Virginia? That big storm shut down. That's right. I forget. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they were, drivers were sitting for like 24 hours. You don't know. You don't want to have yeah. another incident like that where if it does shut down for some, whatever reason whatsoever, I mean, the drivers were going out and giving blankets to babies and stuff that little kids that they seen in the vehicles surrounding them, but you still got to make sure that you're taken care of. So get prepared. Even if you have to start getting it now, get a little tub that you could put in your, your, your box there that you have on the side and get one of those tubs and just start putting stuff in there that has those emergency kind of supplies in them. You just don't want to take a chance, honestly. Yeah. And you know, some drivers actually needed rescuing in that, in Mm -hmm. that incident, you know, and people run out of fuel. I mean, seriously, drivers, one of the things with winter coming, get prepared. I'm going to tell you rubber boots 
are some of the best insulated things you can have. Staying dry will save your life. I need to get new ones, by the way. Yeah. Mine are really You wear destroyed. them out. I mean, that's the truth. But the bottom line with this is have food in your truck. And when I say food, I don't mean food that you're cooking with every day. I mean food food that like you, you might have to open up a can or add hot water to or... Granola bars. If you even have hot... Yeah, exactly. Just stuff that you may need if you're... There's... You never know if you get a load up to the Northwest... You know, so there's places up there you could drive for hours and not even see, you know, anything open. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a matter of a little emergency kit, getting ready for the winter, getting ready to to be be prepared if you're going to have to get out of that truck and you want to be able to survive. And I'll tell you, I've talked to uh, companies up in this up in the north. I knew this company once that was in North Dakota in. Uh, um, can't think of the town they were in, but they, uh, he told me guys would show up really. Flip flops. Well, <laughs> sorry, that's in my head. <laughs> flip but, flops. But no, guys, guys have showed up in flip flops in the winter and shorts on. And like, and, and the guy's name was Steve, was the um, manager of this company. And he'd be like, dude, we're in North Dakota. And the jar would be like, oh, I'm okay. I'm used to weather. But, Realistically, he said, by the end of the day, I was having to buy the guy a coat before he got sick to death. Um, they just weren't prepared. You know, so if you're going to be going up north to take a job, guys, I'm going to tell you right now, when you land, if you live in Florida, Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi, Texas, any one of the southern states, okay, Georgia. Even Virginia is totally different than when you get to the Midwest. It I'm is. Sorry. It really is. When you land there... And your little southern outfit, okay, It's if you haven't gone there, you know, or you maybe forgot what it's like up there, I guarantee you when you get off that plane um, and you walk outside, you will be like, oh my gosh, I got to get to Walmart to get a jacket. You're better off bringing it. Bring your bring your warm clothes if you're going to orientation and, and pack your trucks right. That's more important than anything that you, it's more important than your damn TV. It really is. You would say that when you are freezing and yeah. you don't have reception on your TV because the snowstorm just has everything blocked out and you're like, why didn't I just pack something warmer? Yeah, you know, I will say one thing. Places like down here in Florida, they use scare tactics because they, they go, oh my God, there's a hurricane coming. We're going to all die. Ah! And then everybody runs and they clean out the stores. They buy the water up. They buy all the plywood. They buy up bread. all the generators, the bread, um, water. Everything gets taken, right? And gas, everything. Mm-hmm. And then and then it never comes. Half the time, the, the hurricane doesn't come. And it's it's almost like, you know, I'm not trying to give these guys scare tactics. It really don't cost you much to be prepared Mm-mm. just in case. Right. And with the prediction, I would say, you know, be prepared. Nope. I don't think there's any man that can predict you know, that far out in weather, but guess what? You can, you can, and, and they may be right. Be prepared. Ruthann, do you have anything else you want to talk about on this, um, weather related thing until we move on? Moving on? Can we move on? on? Yes. Let's move on. I wanted to talk about this real quick. I wanted to talk about this crash that happened in Wisconsin. There was a, a, uh, uh, two tractor trailers. I'm going to read it. Actually, I want to read this to you guys. Because what it was crazy, there was two tractor trailers. One got on the wrong way. He got on the on the on the wrong path. Here it is, right here. And this happened in 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 Wisconsin. It says sheriff confirms two truckers 
two truckers were killed in a fr- fiery wrong way crash in Wisconsin. Hmm. Um, it says, um, uh, Sheriff's Department says the that two truck drivers lost their lives on Thursday in Belgium, Wisconsin. And, and we don't like this to, to, to give that kind of news, but this is what happened. It says, um, they responded to a crash around 630 at night on September 8th on the southbound I-43 south of Sandy Beach Road. It says a northbound semi-truck left the roadway, entered the southbound lanes of I-43, and struck a southbound semi-truck. Both vehicles sustained severe damage. Both drivers succumbed to injuries at the scene, uh, the police said. Um, It says police have not... uh, yet provided information on the identities of the truckers uh, or, or the one that caused the crash. It says I, I-43 is now reopened. Um, I, I wanted to talk to you about this because now it sounds to me like that could be possibly an, a medical emergency right there. It says a trucker crossed over. He was going northbound. He crossed the medium, it looks like, and went and got into the southbound lane. So possibly and most likely, I would think it was probably a medical emergency on that part. Right? Would you not? I would think so because it said that um, when you're reading, it said that nothing's being released right now. And then it said, or of the person that caused it. So they're still investigating what was the reasoning behind it as far as him getting over, which they're probably doing an autopsy and seeing if something happened prior to. Yeah, they're, they're going to, you know, obviously they're going to check to see if he had anything in him, you know, any drugs or alcohol, and they're going to be checking to see if he had a heart attack, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just, or maybe passed out, had a seizure, you know, any one of those things can cause you not to be able to control your vehicle. Mm-hmm. But the reason I I'm, I wanted to bring this article on, last week you and I were in Florida and we were driving on a four-lane highway and what did we come up on? Headlights coming at us in an odd spot. And it wasn't even <laughs> dark yet, and we could see everything. And, and or was it was like it was right ju- at it dusk. It was dusky. It was right at dusk. And here's a car coming, it, it is coming at us in our lane. I thought, and remember I said, it looks like a cop at first, yeah. like, and, but, but he didn't have his lights on. And here it was just a pedestrian, confused, yeah. coming right by us. We had to get in the passing lane and he was actually in the slow lane. He should have been turned around. I couldn't see he, if it was he, a guy or a girl. Yeah, it was like they were really, they were on the farthest lane over. So it was, what was weird is even if they were mistaken, that you can't mistake that I, I can't even understand how they would manage to get that far over because it wasn't even in the passing lane on our side to make it look like oh they were still over in their section of the the, the highway they were over on the farthest so y'all understand what I'm saying there unless they were from England and drinking <laughs> just totally forgot where they were and it forgot where they were this was just somebody that I mean, I've actually almost done it myself. There's times where you're in an intersection with a lot of bright lights at night and you go to make a left and you all of a sudden you go, whoa, I'm almost going up the wrong way because the the, the um, lane you're supposed to be in is actually further out to where you should be sweeping wider to get to that turn. Mm-hmm. And I want to say this, that is the third time in my life, the third time in my life that 
a wrong way driver came by me on a fast highway. I mean, literally, I've twice when I was younger before I ever met Ruth Ann, I was, and some of you people that are from Schuylkill County, Pennsylvania, where we're from. Well, they, they still will know that part of Highway 61. Well, they'll know it. And a lot of truckers know if you go up, if you go up 81 in Pennsylvania to Frackville and you get on Route 61 south and you're coming down a, a little bit of a mountain grade, not major, but it's a little bit. And it's, it's very curvy and windy. Well, I was going northbound um, from St. Clair, Pennsylvania up to Frackville in my car. And long behold, and this was in broad daylight, I'm like, whoa, what's that? And, and here comes a car and I slowed down real quick. And it was a little old lady. When I say, Ruthann Imitane, I'm telling you, it was a little old lady. And she did not look like she even realized that, that she was in the wrong lane. She just motoring along. Somehow she got confused and got onto that lane. Well, long behold, maybe a year later, exact same thing happened to me. I'm going up the same road, Frackville Mountain. And I guess somehow, some way, if they were coming out of that mall at the time, there was a mall, or I don't know if they were coming off the exit off of the, off of I eighty one, but to get on sixty one south, people sometimes tend to get on sixty one north and go southbound in wrong way lane mm-hmm. and risk getting themselves killed. I'm telling you, this is three times this has happened to me, and I could tell you, there's been several times here in Florida where somebody got on the interstate, and remember that SUV. Uh, a few years ago down in Tampa, I believe there was about six or eight people killed in an SUV or in a car that hit a big black SUV. Uh, 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 what's the Chevy? Suburban. I think it was a Suburban or the Escalade. And it was just terrible. It's, it happens a lot. People just don't realize you got to take your time when you're getting on an interstate. Again, I know that this trucker didn't accidentally go over the, into the other lane. It sounds to me like he had a an episode, but... I wanted to talk about it because we were almost involved in three wrong way crashes ourselves. Well, myself. Yeah, I wasn't involved in that many, but I was involved in that last one. But what I, in the state of Florida on a lot of their, their like on the turnpike here going down on 589, they have put a barrier now going up most of the whole turnpike to prevent people from going across and being in the wrong lane coming off of the, the, uh, on the exits, because that was one of the biggest problems that a lot of us, a lot of them were having here is whether it be because of drinking or just not, you know, a matter of just some, some confusion on not being able to recognize the North and the South bound. And they're just getting off and, and going in the, um, on ramp instead of the, or the off ramp instead of the on ramp and going up the wrong way because that's one of the ways that a lot of them will end up going in the wrong way because they don't realize that that was the off ramp coming from the interstate, not your on ramp, and they just go right up and they don't notice the do not enter signs. Do you? I don't know if you remember that one last year. It was a a, a chick. And I think she was like twenties, thirties. She was wrong way and a steady literally turned around and chased her down to and really she was DUI mm-hmm. you remember that she mm-hmm. was drunk somehow she got on this was down in the Tampa area she was she was drunk um 
and uh, was confused. Can you imagine being drunk and then going, why is everybody coming at me? You know, I mean, panic would set into me. I would pull over just, just to try and figure it out. I would not keep going down the highway trying to figure out, man, those jerks are going down the wrong way. I would not figure that out in that manner. I would be thinking, okay, something's wrong because there's too many of them coming at me. Yeah, I or, mean, or something to that effect. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm honestly one of those good girls that does not drive drunk. So you know, that one would have got me there. I would have Ubered it, or I would have just, I would have just slept in my vehicle or something till I sobered if it came to a situation like that. But honestly, I. Your luck, the Uber guy would go in the wrong way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it would be my luck. <laughs> no, no, but seriously, the the uh, the wrong way crash drivers, and the only thing that I would tell drivers is, this is a case. Of, and I know you can't, you know, people say that they can watch 24 seven. It's not easy. Your mind's thinking while you're out there, blah, blah, blah. Obviously truckers get into accidents all the time like this. So I would just say, you got to be more diligent. You know what I mean? You really do. I mean, your life is depending on it. You know, remember, and, and there are times though, where when someone shoots across the, the interstate, like that trucker in Wisconsin, that was going the correct way. There's a good chance that that guy just sailed over there because mm-hmm. I've I seen the video of that one from two or three years ago where the kids in that van were killed here mm-hmm. on I seventy five up near Gainesville and all that, and and uh, they showed the video of that trucker coming across the barrier. And to be honest with you, there was there was really nothing the other truckers or anybody could do when that guy shot through like that. You just didn't even see it coming. It was boom, he was over there. Mm-hmm. So we don't know the full story of how long it took him to go across the medium was it a small barrier or was it a big barrier and 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 you could have seen him come we don't know but i would just say guys and gals pray and 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 just be more diligent that's all i got to say about that right okay that's all i got to say about it yeah, you want to move on that's that's uh you know who says that yeah forrest gump yeah <laughs> that's all i got to say about that okay one last thing i want one last thing i want to talk about i got a little survey here Survey says. Yeah, it's actually a pretty cool survey. Um, and, and really what it is, is it's a survey um, how truckers feel. See, during the pandemic, everybody was going, yeehaw, yay, truckers, yay, truckers, yay. Truckers are cool. Thank you, trucker. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because they were out there. The drivers were out there working through, mm-hmm. through the dangerous times. Right. And um, long behold, now here we are a year yeah, or two later, a year or two later where it's not you know what I mean? It, they're not considered essential right now. You know what I mean? And so um, it says 30% of these are, this is a survey done at truck stops. Uh, 30% of them feel uh, not as appreciated as they were during the COVID times. So it says a recent study shows that drivers are feeling less appreciated than during the height of the pandemic and supply chain issues in the, in the last few years. Um, it says the survey was carried out by, by truck stop, um, between August 18th and the 25th, uh, 500 truckers responded to this and the survey in the survey, 67% of the drivers responded, uh, that they do feel their job is appreciated. This is a, uh, this, this 
compares to 96% of last year's supply chain challenges. That's a 29% difference. In one year, almost 30% of all truckers are feeling like, hey, you know what? These guys don't appreciate us like they were, you know, talking a lot of crap when we were out there doing everything for them. But now everybody's back on the road and, you know, they're just, well, I think there's a lot of disrespectful drivers, you know I mean? Like they're not professionally trained. And so, you know, you, you, you get cut off, you get the finger flipped at you all day long. And that's probably where a lot of the, okay, we're being disrespected again is coming from because there's, there was less cars on the road at that time. I mean, I think that's a big part of it. That could be a very big part of it is that the roads themselves, because everybody was shut down, that it was the drivers that are just going out and everybody was more, you know, happier to see them. And no matter speaking, when you have, um, you know, as well as I do, you appreciate your AC guy when you have no AC a lot more than when you don't need it and they're just coming for a checkup, you know? That's very true. That's a good point. Um, so here's other things that the survey produced. I wanted to uh, bring this up for you real quick here. And Okay. It says 83% of drivers experience daily challenges related to recent increases in fuel. So 83% in the survey are saying they experience daily challenges related to the recent increases in fuel. And I would tell you what a, a big part of that is. A lot of trucking companies are now saying, okay, you can get $50 here, $50 there. You know, they're, they're finding challenges to get to different truck stops because they're trying to get, you know, cheaper fuel, save money, save money, save money. And um, it's really fallen back on, you know, I've talked to a lot of drivers that are just annoyed with a lot of that crap. Mm-hmm. Um, it says 74% of drivers are concerned about pressure to work longer hours due to the driver shortage. I don't know why they'd be doing that. There's still, you know, the HOS is still in effect with most of the companies and no, there's, I don't know. There's, uh, there, that's going to come. I have a survey on the next podcast. that's going to, um, talk about that a little bit, but you know, who knows? Uh, I don't think, I don't think that, I think there's a lot of companies out there that push guys past the hours. I think some companies are trying to get away with it, but I don't think, I think that, I don't know. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, this is what the, the survey says. It says 67% of drivers believe that the current pay levels are high enough to attract new drivers to the industry and keep seasoned drivers from leaving. So 67% of the drivers surveyed said the wages are now pretty good. That's yeah, a, that's except a for good the, thing. Uh, that is a very good thing. But there's some of those drivers that go out in the industry and they think that they deserve more than what they're what what they're being paid. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean some. Yeah, I mean I know that there's there's some guys no matter what you pay them, they're going to think they they should get more. You know, mm-hmm. you, if you paid them five thousand a week, they'd want six. Exactly. You know, that's just that's just human nature. But sixty seven percent of them are actually saying that they think the pay is at least finally caught up to where they should be getting paid now. That means that um, 33% are saying they're not getting paid correctly. And it's those 33% that are going to be like half of those are, are never satisfied no matter what. Yeah. I mean, you don't know those 33% might be getting three grand a week, but they think they deserve more. But, you know, again, you know, that's just people in general. You can't please everybody. But at least, I mean, I would say probably pre-pandemic, 67 to 87% of those guys were probably saying that they aren't paid correctly. Well, I think it was. I think they were 
getting a little low rate there, you know, from what I was yeah. understanding as far as what your general um, c- CPMs were, I think that they were pretty low considering what the standard of what rates were. I think that they, that drivers should have gotten paid a little bit more. Well, I think up till the pandemic, the average over the road driver was making 42,000. It was like under 50 grand a year. That was the average. This is like three years ago. Right. So, Ooh. so fuel has come up quite, or not fuel, but yeah, fuel has come up too, but wages have definitely come up. And it says also 68% say they find it challenging to keep up with the uh, insurance related matters and the changing industry regulations. And they, I would say they're probably right about that. The regulations. That's ridiculous the way they, they're changing them constantly. Unbelievable. The trucking industry is is, is what you call over-regulated. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a, a very... Oh, and the reason why it's over-regulated is because it, it's it's big money and they everybody wants their hands in it. So um, that's the survey and I'm sticking to it. And that is my podcast for the day, by the way. Ruthann, do you have the word of the day? I do. You do? What is the word of the day? And Turn it on up. Here, let me turn it up for you. Let me turn up the volume. Go ahead. Discursive. Say it again. Discursive. Discursive? Discursive. Okay, tell us about discursive. Well, first I got to say, it surprised me. I honestly didn't know. You know, sometimes you, you see a word and you're like, oh yeah, that has to do with something like this. And then after you read it, you're like, whoa, okay, that's nothing like I thought it was going to be. Yeah. That was this one. So what does discursive mean? Digressing from subject to subject. Digressing from subject. Go ahead, give me an example. The author's talk wasn't showy, but he spoke with the same discursive eloquence as he wrote. My favorite college professor gave discursive lectures that connected widely different subjects. Hmm. Fluent and expansive rather than formulated or abbreviated. Okay. I doubt I'll use that word. Yeah, it was. It, I mean, well, you can be a hot shot and say, you know, when someone's talking to you, and you're jumping. They're jumping from sub, subject to subject. You can look at them and say, "Don't be so discursive." Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, um, and that is by Word Genius. Mm-hmm. Just want to make sure we always plug them. They're not a sponsor, but we've adopted them a long time ago, and hopefully, they get a lot of business from talk cdl um we've I had i don't think they'll know <laughs> well i well we've had people write in and say hey what what's the word of the day gonna be you know we so that, yeah so uh cool um that's all we've got ruthann we're out of here peace peace praise the lord